coming up next. You're going to pay for that labor. You're going to pay for all those um, insecticides, each one of those units that you're going to be using. Let's not talk about the energy, the gas, whatever will be used to fuel those things. And you're going to spray 10 acres of land and that's going to take you days. Hi there and welcome to this podcast. I am Andrew Locker. And I'm Diana Ayo. Thanks for tuning in. On the Afro Tech Talk podcast, we speak to tech experts, individuals in the tech space, as well as young people about the latest trends and innovations in Africa to explore how tech is transforming their society. We filter our guests' profound insights into actionable guidance, empowering listeners to find inspiration and actively participate in the ongoing tech revolution. If you are new to the show or would want to recommend our podcast to your friends and family, our starter packs are a great place for you to get hooked. We understand that it can be a bit hard to get started, so for this, we have our episodes segmented into different topics that will have you started right away. Visit afrotechtalk.africa. Uh, I would also love to know from, from you, of course, every, we know every good thing comes with uh, challenges or shortcomings here and there. So what are some of the shortcomings or the challenges that uh, you have faced in this kind of space dealing with the drone technology? Depending on what part of Africa you come from, when uh, as an in, an, a private individual having an idea as big as that, Certain governments see it as a challenge. As crazy as it might sound, you, you like Amami was talking about having the support of the leadership. You know, knowing that this, um, you know, this this technology or this opportunity actually is effective. Some of them, after you have conversations with them, they will realize that. But then, they would rather want to do it by themselves because they don't want to. A private individual having all that glory because if they do it at the end of the day the lawyers are going to fall on the party it came you know the political side of things like it came from the party that puts them in a good standing for the next elections or whatever because maybe um also another way for high government funds to be coming in so all that so sometimes certain governments might see it as a competition that's also something you really have to be mindful of. Because one thing about the drone business, it's not the hardest to start compared to like other businesses. Also, looking at how effective it is, if you're putting cost-benefit analysis, the drone business costs way less to start than the benefits you're going to get from it. Like, let's just take one example. The same example Siri mentioned. Let's say you're using um, a combined harvester or you're using manual Insecticide, let's even say electronic insecticides or pesticides to spray a 10 acre land manually with people. You're going to pay for that labor, you're going to pay for all those um, insecticides, each one of those units that you're going to be using. Let's not talk about the energy, the gas, whatever will be used to fuel those things. And you're going to spray 10 acres of land, and that's going to take you days. Now, compared to a drone doing that in 30 minutes or 40 minutes, the amount of money that it will cost you to buy those drones. And how long those drones are going to be doing that for you with that amount of time saved is way less. And those are things that certain governments can afford. And if you're a private private individual, you can't afford it. So they can afford to start it with or without you if they know exactly 
what the game plan is. Okay, so you mentioned something about you know uh, the government being inter- you know involved in this sector as well. So could you maybe just point out some of the few regulations that exist around you know these drone technologies that you know of? Well, um, the thing with drone technologies, that's the beauty about operating drone technologies in Africa. The regulations in Africa, um, the regulations that exist in Africa are way, 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 way less compared to the regulations that exist here, for instance, in the U.S. Uh, because for for the U.S., if I want to fly um, a drone, I'm going to have to get um, the same license that uh, Siri just mentioned, and I'm in the process of getting mine right now. Um, and when you, that exam is pretty much the same exam that um, pilots take, those people who fly the, the airplanes. Because here in the U.S., you've got airports pretty much in every corner. If you don't, like almost every city has a little airfield, airport or something here and there. So these small airfields and airports or these small compartments of, um, you know, airfields, airports, makes air traffic really, really high here in places like the U.S. So there are a lot of restrictions when it comes to flying drones with regards to the height that you can fly it and all that. But for instance, in my country, the whole country is on one side of the, let's say, the map. And the airport is across the Atlantic Ocean to a certain extent. So you can fly drones in my country for business and everything, and you don't even need to get that certification as long as you know how to fly the drone. So um, the the beauty of Africa, like I said, is just we have things like that. Air traffic in certain countries is not even that high. Um, So you can fly in most cases without having most of the regulations that we use here affect you. Um, And also because the drone, um, the drone business is not as big in certain countries in Africa, certain governments have not even put regulations on it yet. Like my country has a, a ministry of or the Department of Innovation and Technology, Science, Technology and Innovation. And under that department, they get to handle or things like drone and other technological opportunities that come to the country. But when it comes to drone regulations, they just tried to launch their drone corridor about a year ago, and it hasn't even been officially launched yet. So they don't even have specific regulations put in place yet because the country itself is still on the verge of getting into the drone technology. They haven't even fully got into gotten into it yet. So um, because we fly in areas here that have really high air traffic and also we got things like military operations and all those other things that we need to know, there are a lot of restrictions here. Like you actually study for the exam like you want to be a pilot. That you can literally be a pilot if you just know how to fly the plane itself, the mechanisms of flying the plane because all the regulations are the same and almost every other thing else are the same. Because you need to know, you, those are there are times that you're going to be flying your drone and there's going to be an aeroplane trying to land somewhere. You have to know what to do. But those are not things you just encounter in Africa because airports are like in a specific section and then every other thing else is just on the other side. Okay, um, thank you very much, Rudy, for that. So let's look at this from an African uh, perspective. You know, there's a lot of misinformation, you know, or an information gap. And this brings about uh, certain myths, you know, among the African people back home here. So are there some of those myths that you know of surrounding uh, drone technology? And if yes, 
are you able to put some of them out there and create a bit of clarity on them? Well, uh, me personally, I'm, I'm not even going to say I know any myths. Um, I don't know of any myths uh, surrounding drone technology in Africa. And I think part, part of that might be because during my time in Africa, I was not heavily invested in drone technology. And I sort of left Africa. Well, at, I left my country at a young age. I left at like 16, 16 17. Um, but then... Also, by then, my country was nowhere near even the talk of drones. If people had drones, it was rich kids who just had it for fun. They themselves didn't even know the expanse to what power they were holding or what power they were just playing with. Uh, maybe Siri would have had myths because he actually was into space and rocket science, was in Sierra Leone, and when he left... But because I started venturing into it when I was on the verge of leaving, um, I didn't really get to hear any myths. But um, one thing that I've just observed is that most people see drones and the first thing they think about is the negative side because it's been portrayed in movies that drones are used in wars and all that. And so, um, yes, I just want to let people know that, yes, any technology in the right hands can be used for good and in the wrong hands can be used to cause mayhem, disaster. The um, ECG machine or um, the machine that you, that they use in the hospital to resuscitate people, the machine that shocks you, and the right hands of a doctor, it can bring you back to life. And the wrong hands, that same voltage can kill you. So it really just depends on who's using the technology. But any technology even your laptops, your mobile phones, any technology can be used for good and bad. So I just want Africans to refrain from always thinking about the negative part of things and also start seeing, like, it's okay to think about, okay, yeah, how many ways this thing can go wrong? Don't get me, don't get me wrong. Like, it's, it's, it's cool to know about those things. But I just feel like if you're putting that much touch of thinking about how many ways these things can go wrong, put the exact same effort in thinking about how many ways it can go right and what are the opportunities that will be, then try and judge those two fairly and make, you know, a very informed and knowledgeable judgment. Don't just do it based on a biased opinion you've had from what seeing a movie or what you've heard. But yeah, um, that's that's all I'll say about that. Thank you very much, Halimami, for that uh, for that detailed, you know, explanation and the insights, you know, into that. Uh, we've been talking about uh, this drone technology right from the start, and we have, I think, looked at the different sectors where this applies. Of course, ranging um, from the medical field and, uh, you know, agriculture and all that. But uh, what has caught my attention mainly is the medical field because we know how how sensitive or how urgent it is normally in this kind of sector. So uh, would you just uh, let the listeners out there, I'm sure some of them could be asking, just like I'm asking, how how do you use drone technology, you know, in the medical industry? How does that even happen? You know, how do you do it? Somebody's sick and they need medication or they need a diagnosis or something or a doctor, you know, how how does drone technology come in? Being the, the intending doctor here, I think it's just right that I answer this one. Um, actually, I believe the possibility of drone in the medical field 
are endless. Like I can tell you just the ones we've thought about, and I can also tell you the ones I believe no one has ever thought about or a couple people have, but it might just seem a lot out of the way right now. But with time, those are also possibilities that I feel people can use. Well, um, first off, let's just talk about the most primary basics of drones. Transportation, getting things from one end to another. You can move things like blood. Um, you can move things like cells. You can move things like even heart. Because if you're transporting it in a kit that is temperature controlled, all you need is, okay, we know that this, it doesn't matter how high this drone flies, this container is going to keep this heart at the temperature we want it. All you need is the drone to take it from one end to the other. You know what that means? I mean, somebody will be, you can start a surgery, and by the time you get to the part where you take out the heart, a drone will have left another location from about 50 to 60 miles away and still get to that hospital with a fresh heart. You don't even need to have the heart stored in the fridge. With a fresh heart, somebody else took it out, and you can do a heart transplant straight off from there, straight into the person. Those are things that are just possibilities. Uh, But that's like all the way across. Let's talk about something as simple as blood. Um, One of the leading um, um, killers of moms or young mothers, or I would say pregnant women, um, when they're trying to give birth in Africa, it's postnatal hemorrhage. Um, for people who don't know what that is, is um, that excessive bleeding after you, um, after a lady has actually put to bed and have given birth to a child. And because most times your body just has a certain amount of blood that it carries and if there is that excessive bleeding, people are going to need blood immediately. People are going to need blood sent back into them immediately. And... Um, if for some reason the ambulance bringing that blood is caught up in traffic, there's really so much you can do if you're in a car as big as that. But then um, with a drone, there's nothing like traffic. It's controlled to pretty much navigate through the most effective and fastest route from one point to the other. And because the air is as big as it is, there's really nothing as traffic. You can fly high, fly low go side to side so there's a whole lot of room for you to go around whatever it is you want to go around and um you know i feel like the first time i actually um ventured into drones that was the reason um we're trying to call maternal and child death in sierra leone and we're trying to use drone technology um to actually help maternal mothers uh so i think um those are just some of the possibilities in healthcare. Um, that's transportation for one. Um, another possibility um, is just search and rescue. Um, as Siri mentioned, uh, in Sierra Leone, there are places that are prone to disasters. And um, yeah, there are times that we've seen floods take people's properties and lives, mudslides do the same thing. And drones that have been programmed with heat sensors can actually read thermal imagery on the piles of mud or wood or whatever and tell you, oh, there's somebody there and maybe this person is still alive or there's somebody under there, there's somebody under there. Those are just ways that drones can revolutionize healthcare. And those are just the ways that I think people have thought about. Now, let's think about ways that people have not even thought about. Um, there's a thing called um, like 
telehealthcare. I mean, that's something I got introduced to when I came to the U.S. as a power and you get to see doctors virtually. But with drones, you can actually get to see doctors sort of virtually, but more realistically because you can use drones to portray holograms wherein you have a full figure of a doctor in front of you and they see and talk to you because they're on the other side of the camera. Like, they're sitting wherever they're sitting, but they're using the drone's camera as their eye. And you have a whole hologram portrayed in front of you, a huge human being, but it's just a picture. And they walk and they talk and they interact with you in your house, but they are not there. Do you know how many viral diseases? That means if you have Ebola, the doctor doesn't have to worry about contacting Ebola. They can be in your house and still help. They can just use the drone's camera as their eye. Another thing the drone can do is it can actually get a 3D imagery or 3D scanning of you. And that can help doctors provide whatever need that they need uh, for you. Like, for instance, people who get prosthetic legs, um, if you get, like, your leg get amputated and you need a prosthetic leg, which is the um, the alternative leg that people use, those prosthetic legs come with 3D scans. There's a whole lot of 3D scanning that goes into that. Drones can do 3D scans. People just never thought about it that way. The drones can do 3D scans as well as any other 3D scanning machine. You really just have to enhance them with the sensors that they need. So um, you can use drones to get a 3D scan of a person's leg. And that 3D scan can actually be converted into a virtual reality image sent to a doctor on the other side of the world. And they can use that image to make a prosthetic leg that exactly fits that person and is comfortable enough that they can wear it for anything, running, swimming, whatever, and they don't have to worry about it being painful and all. Um, honestly, I feel like if I continue going on this, I can go on all day on the possibilities of drones in healthcare. But I just, those are just some of, I feel like, the very dire possibilities that will really revolutionize healthcare for a start. And I know... As we dive into that, people are going to think of more ways to actually revolutionize this further and enhance this opportunity further. Wow, wow. it's really wonderful to hear all those possibilities that can be done with uh, with drone technology. So, Siri, uh, now how can we actually, you know, involve this drone technology around the areas of uh, real estates? Luis, can you hear us? Hey, Luis, can you hear us? I don't think this man can hear us. Yeah, I'm here, Andrew. Anyway, so how can we how can we uh, involve this drone technology around the areas of real estate? You gave us a very good explanation on how we can actually, you know, have drones involved in the medical field. How about the real estate field? Well, real estate, also same thing, endless possibilities. Um, let's start with the benefit to the people who are the realtors. So these are the people who are selling their houses uh, as real estate or people who own houses. Um, you can use drones for roof inspection. So you can inspect the roof of your house and actually make sure everything is okay, everything is going well. Imagine if you have a house that is a decent number of stories high, like 8 to 10 or 12 stories, or let's say a hotel. There's no way you're going to have people always coming to climb that and always check it. And let's say it's a very big, massive hotel, like a huge acre of land being occupied by that that structure. It will take people days or a whole lot of people, and you still have to pay for that manpower to to do all that. But then you can just use drones to do a quick flyby and have a very enhanced image with your roof inspection. Now let's come to keep the real the real the people who actually want to buy a house. 
Um, now, uh, let's say, for instance, uh, Andrew, you and I, we talk a lot. I've been telling you, oh, I want to visit, I want to visit uh, Uganda at some point. Uh, imagine I can be here and let's say I want to go to Uganda and I can just be here and get like a virtual reality tour, a hotel or a house that I want to be at when I get there. Like, oh, I want to pay for this place. I want to rent this place for the time being when I'm in Uganda. Uh, drones can create those images. Now there are other technologies that will create those images. But um, for drones, the reason why I am so proponent about them or I really uh, am passionate about them is you're getting a whole lot of other opportunities just from this one machine. Like the other, other machines that do that only just do that. But from this one piece of technology, you're getting a whole lot of other things. Now you can also make aerial videos and pictures of your real estate just for advertisement purposes as well. Drones have... Yeah, drones with ultra wide cameras. Now movies are being shot with drones, and I'm talking about Marvel cinematic movies, the likes of, um, you know, the Avengers, the likes of um, the Captain America, and you know, people want to Marvel, the likes of Spider Man, and all that. Those are movies that are shot with drones. So drones can really revolutionize videography and photography. And when it comes to real estate, you have to sell it out there. You have to show it to people. You have to, um, you have to let people out there know. It's not just telling them by mouth. Yeah, they have to see what is it you're selling. So um, drones will be a way to actually revolutionize that as well. Uh, but yeah, like I said, um, those are just a couple of possibilities in real estate and some of the services that Aeroflight drones actually provide um, that uh, I just mentioned. But I know. Uh, like I said, with every technology, the more people dive into it, the more possibilities people get to find out because I just know that when it comes to technology, the possibilities are endless. You really just have to know what is it that I need. You find a need, there's always a way to solve it. Okay, so thank you so much, Kudi. And how can, uh, how can our listeners actually get to contact you guys at Airflight? So uh, at Airflight... Well, we have a, a website, uh, airflights.com. Um, you can get us on almost any social media page as well. Um, we've got Aeroflight Drones on Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, and those social media pages are mostly controlled by us, so we see any messages that come through. Uh, so if you, know, you, want, you have questions, you want to make an inquiry, you can reach us through that. There's also our contact information on our website, uh, aeroflight.com. Uh, you can also get our contact information from there. And uh, yeah, those are pretty much the best ways of contacting us right now. And uh, we will try to respond as fast as we can. Our website is aeroflightdrones.com, by the way. Okay, thank you. So let's, let's hear from Diana. Oh, we have our last words. Thank you very much, Andrew. And thank you, a big, big thank you to Hudi and Alimami for this uh, insightful uh, discussion we just had. And, uh, of course, drone technology has not been embraced, so I'll be honest, so much in the communities I'm in currently. Of course, we have known, you know, drones to be used more for a video videography, that's video coverage and things like that. But um, 
we had not known that there's actually so much more to to this drone technology than just videography, you know, covering functions and, you know, all sorts of um, or, or videos and images and things like that, or the VR space. But I'm actually glad that we have had this discussion and I'm sure so many of our listeners out there have looked forward to this uh, this insightful discussion and they have learned a lot from it. Uh, Hudi has shared their contacts for those that might need more information uh, in regards to to drone technology and of course for those that would want to venture or partner with them in this. Um, all the information has been provided and we shall still have the information about their contacts uh, somewhere within our, our podcast. Thank you so much, our listeners. That has been our conversation with Hudi and Conti on Emerging Technologies. To read more on this, we recommend reading Drones, What Everyone Needs to Know by Sarah Krebs. And just in case you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, do subscribe, like, share, and follow on the different platforms. This podcast is hosted and directed by Andrew and Diana, edited and produced by Marifasasa Studios for Afro Tech Talk.